Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hey, Jamila, welcome back to the Clever Girls Know podcast. It's been such a while since you've been on, and I'm so excited to have you back on. Hi, Bola. It's a pleasure, as always, to be here. Yes. Yeah, so the last time you were on, you had saved a ton of money with your husband and you have made all this incredible progress since then. And so I'm so excited to talk about that. But first, tell us who you are and what you do for those who are listening, who haven't heard your first episode with us and who are not familiar with your brand. Sure. So my name is Jamila Soufrant. I am the host and creator of Journey to Launch and the Journey to Launch podcast, where I talk about reaching financial independence, but in a way that is flexible and feels good where you enjoy the journey. And I've been doing this now full-time, meaning journey to launch full-time since I had my daughter. So my last kid, I have three kids. And so she just turned four. So literally, like it's been four years that I've been doing this full-time since I quit my job. I think I came on your podcast probably before I quit my job. I'm pretty sure of it. And so- You're one of the earlier episodes of the podcast. So, you know, so much has changed since then. And, you know, for me, like finding out and honing in on finances was the pathway out of a situation that wasn't serving me and like a pathway into where I am now, which again is a full-time entrepreneur, writer. I'm writing my first book this year and being able to have like the life I desired. And, you know, what's, I always like to say this. So my goal is and was to reach financial independence where I could retire from the corporate world, never have to work again by the time I was 40 years old. I am currently, Mm -hmm. can't believe I'm just like telling everyone my business, but here we go. (laughs) I'm currently 30, (laughs) I'm currently 39 and I have not, so I am not financially independent just yet, but because I started this journey to financial independence and I was able to do all these amazing things with my finances, I was able to quit my job. I have a level of freedom without having a gazillion dollars in the bank. And this is the kind of pathway mm-hmm. I want to help others discover for themselves. I love that. So Jamila, you were on episode 41 of the podcast <laughs> in 2017, the first year of the podcast, September. The date here is September 11th, 2017. And so when you came on the podcast, you talked about how you and your husband had saved $179,000 in two years. Incredible. That was a story that really took off and went viral. And then since then, you know, you quit your job, you started your own business. And so you just talked about sort of how life has been, but what does financial independence mean to you? How do you define that? 
Yeah. So the technical term of financial independence, you know, you're looking at it from a stance of just money is having enough saved and invested within your investment portfolio, whether that's real estate or retirement accounts or non-retirement accounts that allows you to live off the income from that portfolio where you never have to actively work again. So that's like a technical term for financial independence. And so you'll often hear the FIRE movement, which is the acronym for financial independence, retire early. And it all deals with like reaching financial independence and retiring early from typically usually what they mean is a corporate job, but ultimately where you don't have to work and you can do whatever you choose to do. But then you, I mean, I'm sure you would have reached financial independence as you define it, your number by now, based on the trajectory you're on, but you decided to quit your job. So... What led you to start your business? Why did you shift your goal in that way, knowing that it was so close, but they're like, you know what, I'm going to pursue this business and build Journey to Launch and start this incredible podcast. Because that's a, it's a tough decision, right? And you also have a family, three kids. And yeah, so tell us, tell us. Yeah, no, I love this question. (laughs) I love this question because it just is a testament to how things can change as you discover more information, and you really hone into what you actually want from your life. And so I started Journey to Launch as a blog in 2016. And, you know, I always say and credit Bola because you, Bola, you were the one of the first people I met that was already in the personal finance space, kind of established, like, I think at the time, I always like saying this because I feel like you've grown so much. At the time, I think when I first, first met you, you had like 30,000 followers on Instagram. I was like so new to it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, look how big she is and like how big her brand was. And, but you were, (laughs) right. But like you were making money or, and you were doing it in a way that was just like, it just felt authentic to who you were and so smart about things. And it really just encouraged me to be like, all right, even if this just stays a blog, like there is actually a way that you can make money and or do this full time if you chose to do this. So I just remember being inspired by that and a lot of other people who I saw doing things in the space early on. But really in 2016, it was just a blog to chronicle my journey. And I literally said in one of my first blog posts was I'm going to retire early, which is retire from the corporate field and quit my job by 40 years old. So I was going to reach what my level of financial independence was going to be at 40. And as I started the pathway, so, you know, I'm now learning about how to save and invest money, how to maximize my income and my husband's income so that we can save more. And I was doing that. So that's kind of like when I came on in 2017 and I was sharing the story of us saving and investing $169,000 in two years. It was because like I was on the pathway where we're going to work as long as we could, but as short as we could to hit our financial goals. Then Journey to Launch, you know, the blog morphed into a podcast. So I started the podcast in 2017. Again, started to see people really doing, you know, personal finance as like their full-time thing. I started to get more opportunities and to get more attention in the marketplace with my story and my voice. And so I started to realize like there's a pathway here where maybe I don't have to work until I'm 40 years old, like this goal to quit my job. What if there's a way to quit my job earlier, do something I enjoy doing that earns me money, potentially more money than my corporate career was earning me, where I can have more flexibility. And so I started to think differently when I realized that this was a viable path. And then really because I started to realize that for me, a commute, so I was commuting from Brooklyn to New Jersey every day. My commute was, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, one way driving. I was having kids. So I think in 2017, by then I only had two kids. And then in 2018, I had my third kid. And I was just like, there's no way, like, I don't care how much money I'm making at this corporate job. There's no way that I can continue to 
be the mother I want to be, work in this corporate career that's very demanding, have this two-hour one-way commute, and I was working on Journey to Launch. Like, there's no way I can do all of this. And I had to make a decision. I made the decision that I rather, if it even takes me longer to reach my financial goals and I don't make as much money jumping into entrepreneurship, it's worth it because I can never get this time back. And I was going to run myself like to the ground, stressed out, trying to do everything. So I made the decision when I got pregnant with my daughter that we would come up with a pathway where I could leave my corporate job right after giving birth to her and focus on journey to launch. And, you know, I don't want to say being a mom, like obviously that's a big part of my life, but it was really having the flexibility to be there in the way I wanted to be for my children. So I realized that the point of the journey was more important than just the destination of having money in the bank. Yeah, I love that. And I remember you and I met for lunch in New Jersey, you were pregnant with your daughter and I was just a few months out from quitting my own job. We're having this conversation. So this is, it's so great and interesting to just see, you know, fast forwarding the time, just you in this space now where you have this really incredibly successful podcast and you are in a way retired early because now you run your own thing on your own terms in the way that you like it. And then you continue to pursue what is defined as financial dependence for you, whatever your number is, right? So now that you run your business full time or you've done that for the last, you know, three years or so, How did you make that transition from being an employee to now being a full-time boss? Because the dynamics change, right? Before you just went to work, you did your work, got your paycheck, that was it. (laughs) But now... (laughs) It's so different. It's a different game. (laughs) And, you know, that's the thing. Like, at my job, like, I could be mediocre, you know, and I should say I'm pretty I'm pretty hard on myself in a way because what my mediocre is for other people is not like it's probably like everyone else saw that I was doing an amazing job. But for me, like my heart wasn't in it. So, you know, you can kind of come and kind of just half do things and kind of do what you need to do, check the boxes and leave. And it's not your problem anymore. And being your own business owner, it's a bit different where it's like it matters, like how you show up matters, what you put out matters. Like, And so there's much more of an emotional attachment to the work I'm doing. But to answer your question, like preparing to leave my job, that was also a shift in how I saw investing because, you know, I talked about because I was earning a high income amount at my job. My husband is a teacher, but he was able to earn a lot of money at his job as a teacher. We were able to save a lot of our money. But now that I was going to quit my job, like technically he would have been like if we had switched careers, like it would have been better. Like I would have been the teacher and he would have been in corporate America with like the trajectory, like the income he could have. But because I was walking away, we definitely had to be just a bit careful because I'm like, you know, we have, we're about to have three kids. We live in New York city and the plan wasn't to move anywhere. So we have to make sure that this is going to work. So one of the things that we decided to do was instead of saving and investing so much in our retirement accounts and taxable accounts, it was like, we need to save up a cushion for just our expenses of when I leave my job. Because my husband was going to continue to work, but his income did not cover everything. And we didn't want to like decrease our lifestyle that much just because I was leaving my job. And so we really like pivoted from saving and investing into these retirement and investment accounts to savings account and high yield account so that when I did leave, ultimately, we could tap into that money to supplement our expenses. And so we did that. And that was priority while I was, you know, pregnant and in maternity leave. It was mostly saving to create this cash fund so that when I did go into entrepreneurship, 
and, you know, people usually say, like, you know, you make sure that your business is earning a certain amount of money before you leave. And Journey to Launch was not <laughs> earning much of anything, even it in was, the first yeah. year. Right. <laughs> like, I wasn't. So, it, right. It was not earning, like, there was no percentage of, like, my current income that it was earning. But I saw the potential because of what was happening with the podcast. I had also... I just saw what was possible for me. And I know how I am when I come up with a plan. So I didn't want to be forced into making money for Journey to Launch, right? And so part of that slush fund or the FU fund that we had saved up was to help cover the expenses, to help cover what I was doing with Journey to Launch. So that way I wasn't forced to kind of like make money that first year, which was very helpful in terms of me developing the business and what I was doing further. Yeah. So you basically had a plan to take strategic risk in the sense that you weren't just quitting your job and figuring it out. You were saving a specific amount, figuring out how you guys were going to balance your household expenses and then continue to invest, even though you were adjusting your investment strategy. And a lot of times when people hear people quitting their jobs to start a business, not everybody is just quitting. (laughs) Some people are creating a strategy, especially when you have kids and you have a family who relies on that income, right? So similar to you, when I quit my job, I think Cleverall Finance, I made like $200, (laughs) maybe $201. There was no income coming, but like you, I had, before I quit, saved up my cash buffer. And I was like, you know what? I may need to find a part-time job if this doesn't work out because I'm not going into our savings for the sake of my business. That's just how conservative I am. Like this is not going to take away from the plan that we have. So I wanted to have that cash buffer so that my business was as minimal as a burden on our household as possible. So at least for the first 18 months, I could see what happened. And if it didn't work out, you know what, dust off your resume, go find a new job. And that's fine. So in that line of thought, or just tied to that conversation, you know, when you go on social media, you see a lot of, you know, the glam of this quit your job, start a business and I'm a seven figure business and overnight. What advice do you have for women given your own experience or anyone who's listening to this just to stay grounded and not be distracted by what they're seeing on social media and distracted in the sense that not creating the right plans, not creating that strategic risk plan, and also not giving up if they think they're not making progress as quickly as they should, because everybody's a superstar business owner on social media. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting the way people portray entrepreneurship. You know, I am a big fan of entrepreneurship, but it's not for everyone. And if you have a job that you actually like, you love is even better. But like, you know, you like the people, you like the job, it works, you get a paycheck. Like, there is nothing wrong with a corporate job and maximizing the income from that job. Like, go ahead, do it as long as you can and get what you need from it and learn from it. I just think you can make such an impact like in the world of the corporate field, like if there are more people who cared about what they did. So mm-hmm. one, it's not for everyone. And two, it just feels like one of the things about entrepreneurship is like the income that you get, unless you know, you're know you in it, you're strategic, you've been building up with the audience and you're very clear, like it's not consistent. Even if you are, you've done all those things before, it doesn't even have to be consistent. And so there is something to be said for like a consistent like paycheck that you get and you can expect. And I know things are different now with the economy and layoffs and all these things that, you know, are happening to people. So it's like, is anything secure? You know, maybe, maybe not. But it just feels like 
you have to be careful with what you see online because a lot of times people are showing you like their income, like their gross income, but like not their profit. Like what did you spend <laughs> to make that? And furthermore, how much are you paying yourself? Because just because the business made $100,000 doesn't mean you, the business owner, made $100,000, right? Like you most likely mm -hmm. are taking home a percentage of that if you're doing it right and saving for taxes and expenses and all that. And taxes. so it's just really <laughs> taxes, right? Like, so it's important to understand, like, there's so much involved. And I think as business owners, you know, sharing more of that, like, you know, that every dollar that I bring in, I have to, you know, like, I probably... If I'm doing it, the system that I created, if I'm doing it the way I've intended it to be, like I'm putting 30% away for taxes, 30% away for expenses, like every dollar does not come to me, Jamila. And so it's important that before you jump in, you understand all the things it takes to run a business. And if you can work a job and do something on the side and build your business on the side, do it that way as a runway. Mm -hmm. So you understand completely what you're getting into. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, there's nothing wrong with staying in your corporate job. I know people who absolutely love the work that they do. My husband does not see himself retiring from his job as a physician because he just loves what he does. He loves it. I have a friend who runs a side hustle. She loves her side hustle, but she said she's never quitting her job unless they fire her because she loves what she does. She adores her career. So it's perfectly fine, right? And there's countless stories of people who don't even have side hustles, who just work corporate and they build significant wealth. So entrepreneurship is not the end all be all, no matter how glamorized it is, even though it's, I think in reality, the glamour is like a blip. It's really hard work. <laughs> it's it's not mostly pretty. hard work. It's in <laughs> There's no glamour here. But you know what people say, like, oh, I don't want, because I'm like this too. Like, I don't want to answer to a boss. Like, you know, like, I don't want to ask someone for time off, which is like true. And when you're an entrepreneur, technically you, you ask yourself, you're like, sometimes we are our own worst boss as an entrepreneur because there's like no <laughs> one saying like, off. like, go, go home, go, right? Go home. But, and you're just like pushing yourself. But I'd say this, like as an entrepreneur, like, yeah, sure. You don't have one big boss, right? But you have to make money some way. So maybe you have, you know, maybe your customers, like you have like a thousand customers, they're not your boss, but they, they say yes or no to buying your product. And so you do have to appease them and make sure you're giving them what they need. Or if you work with brands or, you know, maybe it's corporate gigs or consulting that you do, like you still have to have buy-in from someone. Like you don't work in a realm of all your own and you don't answer to anyone, even as an entrepreneur, like you have to be accountable to someone else other than yourself either way. And so if you have an issue with authority, and I always say, like, I know somebody who they think by quitting their job or not working for someone because they just think everyone's like, they don't like authority figures. I'm like, if you have a problem working in that situation, you're probably going to have an issue working for yourself, too, because you're still going to have to connect and deal with people mm -hmm. to get further with your entrepreneurial pursuits, too. So it's not just going to go away like all these other issues you have, like, because you're working in a corporate job, you have to fix those first or learn the hard way as an entrepreneur on your own. Hey everyone. So I wanted to come on here really quickly to share some amazing news with you. My fourth book drops this summer on July 6th, 2022, and I am beyond excited. The book is titled Choosing to Prosper, Triumphing Over Adversity, Breaking Out of Comfort Zones, Achieving Your Life and Money Dreams. And it is different from my last three books in that it is very personal. However, it was an extremely important book for me to write. I talk about my imposter syndrome, my family and upbringing, my mental health challenges, my past career and relationship challenges, building resilience, building Clever Girl Finance as a business of impact, achieving my financial and personal dreams, and money. Much more. 
And based on my experiences, I share ways in which women in general and women of color can overcome the challenges they face when it comes to finances, career, and business. I share how women can build successful careers and or profitable and flexible businesses depending on your chosen path. And I also share the strategies that help me achieve success and how you can leverage them in your life as well. My hope for the women who read this book is that you are challenged to be confident, to find your voice, and to realize the personal growth you desire for yourself, regardless of what's stacked against you. My new book, Choosing to Prosper, is available for pre-order today in audio, ebook, and physical book formats wherever you buy your books. I cannot wait for July 6th. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Yeah. And that's definitely one thing. Right. And then the other thing that I really was challenged dealing with was just hiring people and realizing that they rely on the income you pay them to pay their mortgage or to send their kids to school. That was so stressful for me because I'm like, geez, this business has to work because then there's all these other people that I am now accountable to, to make sure that they can live their lives because they chose to come and work for this business, right? And leave what they were doing. So that in itself, there's a lot of the boss dynamic changes. You don't have to ask anyone for time off, but there's other things that you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> right. And you can be a solopreneur where it's just you, but yeah. like, you know, it's different. It's like, there's different, like, you know, income, not, I don't want to say limits because you can make a lot of money being a solopreneur, but not as mm-hmm. much as, you know, leveraging and, you know, hiring other people. And I don't have full-time employees yet either. I don't, sometimes I wonder if I even want to get to that stage, you know, like if it's just fine being like simple, like if it limits my income because there's so much I can do, like maybe that's okay too, because I have contractors and they are depending on what I pay them every month. Cause it's like consistent, you know, monthly payments that I send them, but it's a different level of responsibility that you have when you become your own, like, boss and or when you even have contractors or employees so yeah and you don't get to go home and delete your office from your mind (laughs) right you get to think about it in your bed at night (laughs) this is not to deter anyone because obviously Jamila and I are in it we are in it right this is what we do and I love what I do but it's it's just different right so I would say that don't come in looking for a sensational lifestyle and know that it's hard work, right? And you don't want to give up before you've made progress because you will make progress if you're committed to it, right? So another question I wanted to ask you that I think is beneficial for folks listening is how did you transition not having that consistent paycheck, not having that 401k anymore, and then now having to manage business finances with an inconsistent business income? So how do you manage your business finances? And what tips do you have for someone who's starting from scratch? transitioning out of a full-time job and now having to manage business finances and personal finances. Yeah, because they're separate, but obviously connected. I know for me, so it was helpful that we had that buffer to help cover our personal expenses. In the beginning, I think Journey to Launch was at least making enough to cover. And I didn't have that many expenses because really it was just a podcast. So I did end up you know, hiring a podcast editor and someone to help me with getting content out and social media, but it wasn't like a lot of money. And I wasn't paying myself like that in the beginning, that first year of full-time entrepreneurship. And then I realized in order for this to be sustainable, like I do have to pay myself an income. And also I didn't want to get resentful of like the business or what I was doing, you know, because I, I realized one of the things I thought to myself was like, here I am, you know, preaching to everyone about like building wealth 
and like making money and demanding Use your what 401k. they want, right? But like you know, invest all this, and I'm like, I'm gonna be the like poor, like talking in the mic, and everyone's getting rich off like my vibes and my information. Like, no, I deserve. <laughs> to still be wealthy. Like, you know, I don't want to be just like giving away all my energy. Like the more that I'm able to like have and be like the more I can give. And so I, you know, decided to really like early on in the business, like I need to pay myself, even if it's like not anywhere near to what my salary was at my job. So I did start following the profit first method. I can never pronounce his last name, Mike. Mike Mikolauts. <laughs> Lowich Mikalowich. Yes. And I don't do everything to a T, but what I really liked about what he does is like every dollar, and I think I kind of alluded to this before, comes in and like a percentage goes to like categories like taxes, owner's pay, expenses, profit, you know, and it was important for me to figure that out and say every dollar that comes in, how am I, what are my expenses? What do I need to cover that? How much from there can I pay myself and, you know, account for taxes? And so I've been working with that medium. And then the other thing that was really helpful was separating out my business and personal accounts. So I have a separate business account that houses all of the separate accounts that I have that I talked about, profit account, owner's expense, income account. So everything funnels in there and our personal expenses are separate. So that way, when I pay myself from my business, we know exactly like what that looks like. It's not muddled, which is really helpful. So now we'll say the third thing. So the first thing was following the profit first method. Second thing was having separate accounts for business. And then the third thing was I eventually, this was more recently last year, hired an accounting business or firm to help with filing for business taxes and keeping things in check for me, which was important because I think investing in yourself that way. And while there's a fee and all these things, it's just helpful to know that, you know, there's someone else, like there's another mind and eyes on what I'm doing to help me figure Mm -hmm. out, you know, what it is that I can do or shouldn't do with the business money. So for those of you listening, Profit First is, you can find it as a book, wherever books are sold on Amazon. It's a really great book on structuring your business finances And, you know, like just in terms of like hiring, like the core roles, like having an accountant, for example, you get to a point where, first of all, you're not an accountant. You can use as many QuickBooks and Wave apps as you like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You did not quit your job to become an accountant. And when you think about just depending on the dynamic of your life as a business owner, if you're a mom, you have kids, you have other obligations in your life, there's a limited amount of time to grow a business. And when you're building a business, you need a lot more time than you put in at your nine to five. You're doing like a nine to 10, 12 kind of thing to at least get it off of its feet. And just if you're able to afford that resource of an accountant to save you time and also bring in their expertise, it's absolutely worth the investment. I definitely agree. And I feel like, again, like I didn't really invest in that part until, I mean, I actually I always had someone doing my taxes and they also did the business side of things. But I will say that even if you don't do that, because maybe you're just starting out, there's not too much cash flow in and out. There's not too many transactions that you need to keep track of, like at least using a system, you know, like one of those online bookkeeping systems is helpful. And like, you know, there are a few, I don't know if we should mention them because they're not paying you Bola as an <laughs> advertiser, but... <laughs> For resources, you know, like there's a couple of them that basically if you just like Google online bookkeeping, like for businesses, like where you can go in just like a budget, just if you're using like a budgeting app, it's literally like that for your business. And, you know, maybe you don't even need that. Maybe you just use an Excel, but here's what I made for the month in the business. Here are the expenses. 
what is the profit? Because you're going to need that when it's time to file your taxes and make quarterly payments when you get to that level. You touched on this really briefly, but again, for those who are listening, I know you talk about breaking things out percentages when your income comes in, so taxes, et cetera. But how do you apply that to paying yourself a salary? Yeah. So it's interesting because like, you know, it's kind of like a dance where, you know, I can have a goal of how much I want to make for the year. Like I would love to pay myself 500, personally $500,000, right? Like personally, that's how much I want to flow through my account. That's the goal. But that doesn't mean for that to happen, my business would need to earn a like a multiple of that to take care of the expenses and taxes for that. So you can have a goal of what you want, but then you need to be realistic about what it is your business is bringing in forecast what you believe based on past, based on what's presently happening in your business, what you can do for the year. And from there, let's just say you do the numbers and you think to yourself, I think my business can take in 50,000 for the year and maybe it'll be better, you know, but let's just say the baseline is 50. Then from there, you know, you can do with the profit first system, like if it's 50,000, like, you know, let's just say now each bucket now has a percentage. So typically I'm always just putting 30% away for taxes And my tax person will then, you know, adjust that depending on if I'm spending a lot in expenses, because then you can write most of that stuff off. But just to be safe, 30% for taxes. But then if you were to take just 30% for your income, what does that look like of the 50,000? So I don't, I'm not doing the math in my head, but let's just say Bola, like you did, you think you're going to make 50,000. 50% 50 is 25. So 30 is like my math. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 10%. Retired moms, forgive us. 10% is 15 because 10%, right? Right. See, I I, look. There you go, school system. I learned don't, that. Don't like moving judges, the decimal point judges, over. So it's 15,000. <laughs> but let's just say though, like, so I mean, 15, if this is for the year, 15,000 divided by 12, if you want to pay yourself on an ongoing basis, like you could do it that way. So again, though, but that's in the world where you're getting like that money consistently through the year. And we all know, Bola, as business owners, you're not just going to get consistent income in the same amounts for your business every month, most of the time. Sometimes it comes in like, bulks, like, you know, you get 10,000 here, maybe 5,000 here. There's no money coming in for like a couple months. And so for me, it was important before I started paying myself consistently to have that buffer. So that way, if things were slow one month and people didn't pay me on time, you know, other businesses (laughs) didn't pay me, like I had a buffer in my owner's expense account that would take care of it. So what that looked like is, let's just say I'm paying myself $5,000 a month. I would work it up to where that owner's pay account could maybe have like a buffer of 15,000 in it. So that way, if there were some months where people were slow to pay me, at least I knew for three months, I can consistently pay myself $5,000. And so it is kind of like a dance of like what you are, your goal is, but it has to be based in reality on what you're actually bringing in for you to get a really good sense of what to pay yourself. Yeah. And just doing that forecasting or that planning just helps you get, get insight, right? You're not moving blindly. You can then say, okay, how do I buffer my income as I grow my business? Do I need a part do I need a part-time job? Do I need a, a different side hustle? Do I need to how do I figure this out? And you know what's so you just said? I started smiling because there are certain things now in my business. I look at like that's the main business and that's like that side hustle kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. because Like there are certain things I'm doing in my business now where it's just like, it pays the bills. Like I need to do this. It's not like something I necessarily like wake up and like get so excited about, but I need to do it in order to pay like, or to get income for the business. And then there are things that are important to me that like are acting as kind of like the side hustle in my business. But one day I hope to take over as the main source of income. Mm -hmm. So even in your business, there are things you're going to have to do. And, you know, they shouldn't be things that go against your morals or compromise you as a business owner. But I think it's just important to note, like, there's just some things where it's just like the bills have to get paid. You have to pay yourself. So 
what is the way you know that your business can make money to do that? And you may not always enjoy it, but it's just something you need to do in the beginning or for in the meantime to make things work. Yeah. And and the same way you have, you know, multiple streams of income for your personal finances, your investments, this, that, your salary, the same way you want to have those multiple streams in your business, because, you know, again, things are unpredictable. Economies are unpredictable. You lose one income stream, you drop one income stream. You want to be able to have a fallback so you can continue running your business, paying yourself a salary or paying your team, et cetera. So Jamila, what would you say have been your biggest challenges, but also your biggest successes to date? Because there's so many more coming in the future, so many more successes, but you know, today, what are you so excited about? <laughs> wow. I'm really excited about creating and writing this book because- Yes, you know, it's your first tr- book. My first book and you know, in traditional <laughs> publishing, like it, things take forever. So my book won't be out until 2024, but <laughs> this year I am writing it. And I'm really, you know, it's scary because I'm just like, I want to be able to capture the essence and everything in my mind, like all the thoughts and frameworks and things that in my head, like make sense, but like I need for it to make sense on paper (laughs) when I'm talking (laughs) and that when people read it, it's impactful. So I'm really, you know, it's scary, but exciting that, and that's kind of my main focus this year. The podcast, you know, has always been my main source of content. So I'm, you know, it's like, I'm consistently doing that. And finding ways to continue to be excited about it because I don't want to like be over it (laughs) because you can like if you've been doing something, I've been putting out episodes every week since 2017, you know, without taking a break. (laughs) And it's a lot. It's a lot to do and to keep up with. But I'm really just proud of myself. Sometimes I look at like all the things that I juggle. And before we press record, Bola, I was saying I was like, you know, it's in the morning now that we're recording this podcast and I dropped my kids off at 8.15 at school. And I'm still like recovering from the morning like hustle. And I just feel like sometimes I forget like how much I'm doing and that I should be like, mm-hmm. even me just like doing one thing today is a win. Like, and that's what I need to be focusing on or at least congratulating myself on. It doesn't always have to be outward facing like mentions in media yeah. and like attention, like that's great. But it's like the everyday weeds like, getting up and keep and going is like really what's exciting. And I would say what I struggle with the most is probably just the mental aspect of it. You know, entrepreneurship can be very like lonely. And I feel like depending on your personality, I think Bola was similar in this way where it's just like I'm a loner in a way. Like I really like I'm out there, but I'm not out there. Like for me to go out to events, like like it takes a lot. A whole whole (laughs) production to just step outside. Right. Like I kind of just want to be in my own bubble. But, you know, I know I do like meeting people, but not really. So it's kind of like being careful in a way where you're protecting that energy that you have that requires you to create and be yourself, but then also knowing when it is that you should like reach out and ask for help. Or maybe things are hard and you're in like a funk and you should like, you know, do something different. Maybe it has nothing to do with work. You know, it's like going out for a walk or watching TV or taking a nap. So I think balancing that, because again, there's no one telling you what to do when you're an entrepreneur. If you follow social media, sure, like there'll be people saying what you should do all the time. But if you're using your own, (laughs) right. But when you're using your own internal compass, like that's, it can be hard because there's so much messaging about what you should be doing. So I think that for me has been hard, but I've been managing it and being just giving myself grace with how I feel from day to day. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing, Jamila. And I'm so excited for your book, even though it's still a ways out, but it's going to come quicker than you realize. And we'll be more than happy to have you back on to talk about that. But before you go from this conversation, I can already glimpse like so many superpowers, but tell us your clever girl superpower (laughs) that comes to mind. 
Let's see. I think my superpower is just being normal, being me. I feel like there's this like people like want to present like perfection or want to act like they know everything. And I get it. Like, you know, people want to respect and buy from people that like they view as experts. And I always say, even though even again, sometimes I doubt this, but I just feel like me just showing vulnerability and or saying I don't know being on the journey with my journeyers. So that's people who are on this journey with me to financial independence is a superpower because people relate to that. It's kind of like, I am just like you. I am still figuring things out. And I think that's helpful because some, a lot of people are afraid to show just like their raw vulnerable side. And yes, I can be afraid to show that too, but sometimes I'm just like, F it. I don't have time to pretend like (laughs) I don't always have it together. Like this is what it is. (laughs) I can relate to what you're saying, People have set expectations for you that it's like, why do you have this expectation for me? I'm a human being, just like you, mm-hmm. right? We all, I'm vulnerable. We make mistakes. We have challenges in life. The same things you feel, mental health issues, all those things. We're not immune to this stuff. And so I'm glad that you shared that because it's just, there is so much value in just honesty and being vulnerable and people appreciate that. So keep doing what you're doing. And finally, tell everyone where they can find you about the Journey to Launch podcast, all that good stuff. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast, just search right quick, Journey to Launch, wherever app you're listening to and follow me there so you can get all the episodes for the Journey to Launch podcast. You can also go to journeytolaunch.com. There I have resources. If you want to understand like what's the best episodes to start with, go to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart. And lastly, I'm on social media at Journey to Launch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I mostly hang out on Instagram. And then I have a personal brand account, Bola, at Jamila <laughs> Jamila Soufrant on Instagram, where I try to share more of the behind the scenes, like when I go running, walking. I don't do it often. But real life things. But just more real life, kind of like the, what it's like on the journey of writing this book, of just living life, being a mom of three, all that. Awesome. And we're going to have all of those links to the website and to your social channels in the show notes. So thank you so much, Jamila. I appreciate you. Thanks, Bola, for having me on again. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.